Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. Carlos, good to have you back, man. Hey, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Glad to be back, and thank you for having me. No problem. And George, good to have you back once again, man. Good evening. This week's topics include, we got some things to talk about. Festival lineups are out. All the major festivals, uh, Bonnaroo, Coachella, Bottle Rock, we'll be going through those. Also, maybe you guys haven't heard, new music from David Bowie is on the way throughout the next six weeks. He's going to be releasing a track each... um, each week, so it's kind of cool. There are uh, some unreleased stuff that's coming out on Record Store Day as well. Uh, director Spike Jones releasing his first ever book on the Beastie Boys. Uh, Nirvana members uh, over the weekend jammed with Beck and St. Vincent for charity. Former Blink-182 guitarist Tom DeLonge sells his entire catalog of music. We'll talk about that. Metallica pledging more than 500000 for Australian fire efforts and more. Plus, of course, our music history trivia, our new 10-second trivia, weekly WTF and more. Also, we have some tickets up for grabs this month's prize closet. If you want to see uh, Alter Bridge at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco on February 23rd, you got to be over 18 to enter. Just text the word podcast to 68683 and make sure to grab tickets at uh, goldenvoice.com. Our good friends there. Speaking of Golden Voice, their festival is out uh, for the year. Coachella has announced the full lineup. Rage Against the Machine is headlining Friday night. Travis Scott on Saturday and Frank Ocean on Sunday. Take a minute to check out that. Uh, you might need your reader glasses. <laughs> some of those fucking, <laughs> look at that font size on wow. some of those, right? Like, I mean, come on now. Uh, they they made a bunch of jokes about some of these bands, like uh, some of these names. The Comet is Coming, Whipped Cream. Yeah. <laughs> and then Colbert started putting in other fake names. He's like, you couldn't tell which one wasn't a real band, well, could you? You know, once the Beatles was already taken, I mean, where do you go from there? Where do you go? Good point. Good point. You know? Oh, wow. Um, anything that grabs your eye? You know which one that I thought oh, was pretty God, cool? Oh, God, Lana Del Rey. Danny Elfman. Oh, yeah. Danny Elfman is doing a live show for the first time. And he's doing like all the fucking songs from his movies. Yeah, and it's going to be a live concert thing. And he's also doing Oingo Boingo material, which is this is fuck yeah for an Oingo Boingo fan. This he was is in like there. the second coming. Yeah, this is as close as you're going to get if you didn't see him before. That's pretty awesome because Steve Bartek, who was, uh, you know, they were in Oingo Boingo together for 17 years. And they've gone on to, you know, have careers doing films. Steve Bartek also scores films. Right. So they've been working together all this time. But they're doing rock and roll, which Danny said he would never do <laughs> Oingo Boingo live ever again. Right. So this is... About I mean, as close as you're going to get. But that's pretty cool. Fantastic. That's, that's what I like about uh, Coachella, uh, necessarily, is that it shows me who's on tour for the year. And hopefully we'll get some really cool club shows from a lot of these bands right you know? i'd like to see a lot of these bands up close and personal instead of out in that horrible desert heat i can see it on the <laughs> undercard of dust uh, and shit oh my wow. god we did it for two years straight and i can tell you it is it's a fucking tough festival it really is it's it's 
very spread out. The stages are very far apart from each other. And the main stage is not shaded at all. Mm-hmm. And so in that fucking heat, you are just roasting alive right. with no fucking... <laughs> giving it a little... Nothing. Yeah. They don't have water cannons or anything for y'all? <laughs> they actually do have a section there where it's like this water area, but it's all electronic music only. And so it kind of gets old <laughs> after a while. You're just like, all right, yeah, cool me down. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Dude. And so what is what are the um, like the, the prices for Coachella tickets? Or oh, what, what is like a standard... A three-day pass now is like 429 bucks, I think. Okay. That is just your entry. So if you think about it, though. That's like a dollar a band. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, because if you think about, like, a lot of the headliners, what would it cost to see Rage Against the Machine on their own? Right. For a pair of tickets. Yeah. Or for a single ticket. Probably close to 100 bucks. Yeah. You'd probably pay. Um, Yeah. And so if you break it down that way, it kind of makes sense, but still, it's still very... And then you have to either camp and, like, like I said get all that fucking dust in your fucking lungs while you're sleeping in your tent and have to deal with a bunch of crazy-ass campers. Yeah. Or you have to get some very expensive hotel room. And either way, it's like, you know... You're looking at a... The camping's free. Well, you have to pay, I think, 50 bucks and you get a camping space. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, the the hotels are insane. Right. It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a night. Of course. 400 bucks a night. Yeah, so it's just it's not worth it for us anymore. But yeah, it seems like an investment. It really is. It's uh, something to do when you're young, I guess. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty well-rounded lineup if you want to see a little bit of everything, right? Every type of genre. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, names on there that I have, you know, I'm never more heard of. In this, yeah, and so here's another lineup. <clears throat> um, this one, uh, George is uh, pointing out, Bottle Rock is happening in Napa Valley. Uh, this one is kind of like the Northern California version of Coachella, I guess. Yeah. People are saying it's a little more tame of a lineup. It's not as... It kind of looks like it. It's not as, um, you know, taking as much risks. Mm. But at the same time, they still have some pretty cool artists. Um, Stevie Nicks, yes. for one. That's like... That's my fave. That would be pretty awesome. Red Hot Chili Peppers also now with John Frusciante in the band. The village people. Yeah, the village people. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is at a county fair. Tegan and Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, Hobo Johnson's on there. Uh, Yeah, a bunch of uh, Empire of the Sun, uh, Foles, Jimmy Eat World, Milky Chance. Uh, Yeah, some, you know, they kind of got everything, uh, something for everybody there as well. Um, and that happens in May. May 24- 2nd through the 24th, it's usually Memorial Day. Right before, I think Memorial Day is the last weekend of May, right? Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not. I think it's Memorial Day. on the. It's right before the weekend for Memorial okay. Day. Okay. May 22nd through the 24th. Uh, George, maybe you can double check. I don't know. Um, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? You'll figure it out if you want to go. All right, here's another one. Bonnaroo. Uh, June 11th through the 14th in Manchester, Tennessee. Check out this one. This one has a Thursday night lineup on the top there. Uh, the Grand Ole Opry featuring special guests. And then this one's more of a... This one happens in Tennessee, so this is on more of on the, the countryside, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, more on the jam band side as well. There's a lot. It's bigger over there. But they got Tool. They got Tool, yeah. Tool headlining on Friday, Lizzo on Saturday, and Tame Impala on Sunday. Uh, they also got Flume, Oysterhead, Miley Cyrus, Bass Nectar. People were pointing out, 
I don't think it's worth sitting through a Miley Cyrus set to see Tool <laughs> on the same stage because Miley Cyrus is going to be on the same stage. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that'd be pretty bad, especially yeah. if you're like on a head full or something waiting to see Tool. That's gonna you got to sit through fucking Primus. wrecking ball and shit from Miley. Yeah, Primus. But yeah, uh, Les Claypool's doing double duty. He's got Primus <clears throat> on Friday and then Oysterhead Ooh. on Saturday. That's the oh, super wow. group with Uncle uh, Acid and the Deadbeats. Uh, Stuart Copeland from The Police on the drums, right. as well as Trey uh, from Fish on the guitar. And then, yeah, some other um, flogging. Molly, King Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard. Um, Grace Potter. Uh, lots of other artists rounding out the lineup. Um, but that one also, I've heard, is really like it's, it's fucking hot and it's humid. It's right in the middle of June in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then sometimes they get flash flooded out of there and all that, that shit. That, is that part of the experience, though? I mean, yeah. you, you should probably do are paying for that, not only financially, <laughs> but, you know, physically, emotionally. That's and right. I'm sure that there's it's some... a full investment. Some spirits floating around in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Well, check it out. We got some new stuff from Spike Jones in the form of a book, his first ever photography book from filmmaker Spike Jones, simply titled Beastie Boys. Very cool. And it's going to be uh, documenting his decades-long collaboration with the trio, um, and it's going to be 256 pages of uh, a personal photo shot during the time spent with the group. And it's coming out March 17th. Wow. That would be pretty cool. That is. Um, check it out. David Bowie, rare and unreleased David Bowie music has been announced. Uh, it's called, uh, boy, there's a new uh, track, Is It Any Wonder? Uh, or no, that's the, re- the name of the release, Is It Any Wonder? It's out now as a streaming-only digital single of, of The Man Who Sold the World. That's the first single off of this collection. And it's apparently taken from the BBC broadcast on his 50th birthday, January 8th, 1997. So uh, they released it on that day, uh, January 8th of this year, uh, to kind of commemorate that. So it's called the Changes Now Bowie Album, and it will be released in limited quantities on LP and CD for Record Store Day, April 18th, 2020. Uh, So there you go. That's something to look forward to. Uh, this happened over the weekend with members of Nirvana, Pat Smear, Chris Novoselic, um, Dave Grohl, performed at the Art of Elysium Charities Annual Benefit Gala in Los Angeles. They played a five-song set of Nirvana tracks with Beck St. Vincent on guitars and Dave's 13-year-old daughter, Violet, handling <laughs> the lead vocals. I thought that was kind of cool. Very cool. Uh, Dave getting his uh, daughter involved there. Yeah. And uh, they also shared some photos of uh, Foo Fighters apparently recording some new music. There's a photo of a drum set on a stairway and then a microphone in a bathtub. Um, So I guess they're working on some kind of new music, trying to tease that. Going to be coming out maybe later this year. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain, you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre, on that dusty trail it's better be something that's made from the heart and when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears know that ball jack is there with you hell yeah america ball jack has been disputedly bringing its tasty energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863 you're goddamn right don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging Reach over and grab his ball jack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing thirst with his ball jack. Woo! Ball Great. jack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. 
Um, look at this. Tom DeLonge is apparently selling off his entire music catalog what? to Hypnosis Songs. It's a London-based music investment management company. It's actually co-owned by Nile Rodgers from Chic. Um, and apparently, they've acquired 100% of his copyrights on his catalog, which has 157 songs, including the Blink ones, What's My Age Again, All the Small <laughs> Things, all that shit. He just sold the rights wow. Wow. to that uh, company. You gotta wonder what like Blink One Eight Two thinks about that too. I think like, that's punk as fuck. I know it's kind of like these are my songs that I wrote and I'm fucking selling them. Yeah, you know, but payday. Tom went to um, a I'm lot of like um, sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he like explored um, a lot of like uh, extraterrestrial? Oh yeah, like UFOs and, uh, yeah, and Bigfoot been, and that sort of thing. We've been talking about it on the podcast. He's got a company. Uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, and he's pretty legit. Into... Yeah, it's like paired with the military <clears throat> now. Like the military, like he, he supposedly he found some kind of supposedly like material or something like that, and the and the military like contacted him and like wanted to do this like co effort of investigation and exploration into all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he's got some private industry going, yeah. uh, putting some financial... Well, they the shoe company that they were involved in, Macbeth Oh, okay. Footwear. Uh-huh. Um, I've ordered some of their stuff. Yeah. It's, and it's not available anymore that Macbeth is, is done, but they're super cool, and Jim Gibson wears them, okay. and he's in the band Early Empires. <laughs> so he's uh, sold all his uh, his... Rights to 157 songs. Wow. Yeah. And it's uh, also stu- some of the stuff that he's done with Angels and Airwaves as well uh, as Blink-182 oh, yeah. tracks. Good stuff. So, wow. yeah, I don't know. Sold it all. Uh, he says, quote, now this is a perfect opportunity for me to not only celebrate my past, but also give me the foundation to create more music for many decades to come. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, check it out. Here's Metallica doing something pretty cool. They donated over $750,000 in Australian currency, oh, wow. which is about 516000 in American dollars, to the NSW Rural Fire Service and Victoria County Fire Authority to help the victims of Australia's uh, devastating uh, brush fires. That's good on them. Yeah, so, you know, say what you will about Metallica. They, they, they do some pretty good stuff for the community, and yeah. they yeah. spend their money well. Uh, also, Elton John, who d- uh, pledged a million dollars, and even Australian actors uh, Chris Hemsworth, Russell Crowe, Margot Robbie, Nicole Kidman have all donated uh, and trying to help it out. It's pretty um, crazy over yeah, there. Yeah, it is. It's pretty serious. Um, well, they That's thought th- there was all this bad press. I don't know if you guys saw some of the things. That they were saying like Ozzy was really sick and on his deathbed, and it kind of pissed off his daughter, Kelly. She posted this photo in response like, my dad's not fucking dying, you know? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And uh, apparently the thing said that... The the Radar Online story said that Ozzy, quote, was in such dire straits that he didn't even realize his wife Sharon missed the holidays with him for the first time in 40 years. <sighs> that was the story. But then she showed that the family was, in fact, celebrating with Ozzy, and there he is do, looking pretty good, yeah. as well as can be anyway, right? Uh, with all the kids, so... Ozzy's not dead. The Prince of, <laughs> Prince of Darkness. That's right. Come on, man. Okay, here's the question of the week, guys. Um, how long should a band wait to do their farewell tour? We've been getting a lot of farewell tours lately these days. What do you guys think? What's your kind of just personal take on it? Uh, 20 years, you know, 50 years, or is it solely based on the chemistry with the band members? Like, something to think about, like, in, if for an example, 
Aerosmith is doing their 50th anniversary, but it's not being billed as a farewell tour. KISS, on the other hand, is doing the End of the Road tour, being billed as a farewell tour. And even Country Band, I know it's a country band, but they just announced it, that Rascal Flatts, celebrating their 20th anniversary, they're doing a farewell tour already. And they're kind of going out at the top of their game, in a way. you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, what do you guys think? Like, for bands, what do you think is a good time to do a farewell tour, if any? Yeah, I think it, you know, like you said, it's solely based on the chemistry of the band that, you know, you can feel it. The energy uh, is either there or not. And, you know, I guess sometimes it it takes experience of uh, each individual member to go through the life situations that life brings about. Right. To either kind of regroup and get in a headspace to where um, you come to terms with uh, moving forward or saying farewell now as a fan do you want what's like the limit for you where you're like oh man these guys should just fucking (laughs) you know what i mean like when you see a show at the county fair and you see john steppenwolf up there right and he's the only guy left in the band and he's still doing his thing and it's like this kind of like half half of what you want it to be and some of those things come across really sad to me where I'm like, damn, man, you know, do you really need the money that bad? Right. (laughs) The legacy of the band starts to become kind of muddied. Yeah, and when, you know, you get to bands like Kiss or, um, you know, like... They've done, like, three farewell tours. (laughs) Right, you know, everybody's saying goodbye and coming back and... It kind of, like, ruins the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's... uh counterproductive it's almost like the boy who cried wolf like we don't fucking believe yeah him. you just don't and then at this like molly cruz doing it uh, i saw him five years ago on their farewell tour right? okay it was with alice cooper opening up for him uh-huh. it was fucking cool i was just stoked to see alice cooper to yeah it's like i couldn't believe it you know and he blew him i thought he blew him away it was fucking killer um but now molly cruz opening for def leppard on their final tour and i'm like do i want to see that like i saw them with Alice Cooper opening for them on their final tour, and it was this big deal. Do I want to see him five years later now, opening up for Def Leppard, not even headlining? Is that well, kind of don't forget Poison and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts now? See, how that's could I forget? Interesting stadium <laughs> rock. I'd like to see Bill. Joan Jett, but so does it count then? Since they're, I guess, supporting the act that's and what not, I mean. you know, like what they're was, still billing it. Was as that the loophole that they were able to? to get through in terms of um, and supposedly if they all threw out the contract all four of them signed it oh right avoids it okay so I yeah. don't know I mean I guess for me like I said I don't know it it's depends ha- on the it's band. hard to see, yeah to yeah. see any band go through that sort of thing I guess yeah especially when they're in their heyday what about you George as a fan has there been bands where you've seen them like you know as their career has really gone on we are like fuck like, for me, I, when we saw Sabbath, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was such oh, an yeah. amazing show, right? Something I, I never, ever thought I would see. Right. And and even the original Misfits, something like that. Once again, a bucket list um, dream. Yeah. Those were two examples of bands that I'm like, fuck yeah, these guys still rock. It was great seeing them. But then you see, like, maybe some other bands that I, I don't know, I don't want to, like, badmouth them or put them through the ringer, but you know what I mean. Well, I, and I do. I do know what you mean, and I think that it's... It's really more of a it's a potato potato thing. Like, 
like some act that's still on the road doing it every night and so if depending on what that individual thinks about that band or yeah. its art like oh they've overstayed their welcome or oh no they're still in there they're still fighting yeah i guess like it's still both sides of the coin right, right. same coin for me though growing up in the 80s and by 10 years old in 1980 discovering devo and devo being my gateway band to everything i've ever listened to thereafter and the whole new wave genre so I didn't get to see them in the 80s. I was too young. By the 90s, they were hardly doing anything anymore. Right. And they disappeared. But when they came back, I've seen them six times in the last 12 years. Wow. And they're phenomenal each and every time. Yeah. They look like middle-aged men because they, <laughs> they are. Still, yeah. But they, they still can, kick ass. Yeah, they can do it. It's, Hell yeah. It's amazing. I know, I love seeing that shit. And then you're right about the generational thing, you know? Like, I'm so glad that we get to see a lot of these 30th, 40th, 50th anniversary tours of these bands that, you know, we could still appreciate and, yeah. and, and, and enjoy Still the capable show. of doing it yeah. as well. Hell yeah. Well, or, that's just it. I mean, was it, the, was it the internet where we all kind of said, oh, yeah, we'll let our, our, uh, our musicians age. We'll let you age. <laughs> right. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, where was that point where it kind of tipped in yeah. that in that direction, you know? They were able to spin it a different way when, you know, before this technology, I guess, you know? Yeah, that's definitely true. This technology changes everything yeah. for performing arts. And it, it Instant gratification. Worse. Yeah. Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom charles you know from harvesting crow's eggs uh yourself <laughs> oh absolutely the the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs yeah. sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that yeah, yeah but crow's milk does so much more it, it not Helps only with inflammation it, it, it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy-based product that is just uh, second to mm -hmm. none you know and it truly gives you that it truly gives you that that scavenger chest like it, it really it makes you, you it know. makes you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah, because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that I don't give a fuck mentality. Yeah, on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow. Yeah, crow milk. Drink it, drink it, and and be one with with your own um with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk. So. Thank you, Chrome. All right. We got some trivia uh, this week in music history trivia. Dahlia, thanks for joining us. What's up, uh, Garage Rock Show listeners? And thank you to all of the listeners around the world who continue to listen. We appreciate it. Yes, you know, It's kind of crazy to think about. We're here, you know, in a small studio area. And it's crazy to think about that there's people all around the world listening to our show right now. So yeah. thank you. We appreciate it. It's a trip. Keep uh, listening. I see the demographics, and they're from all kinds of places, all kinds of countries that listen to the show. And we're at over 6,000 listens now, almost 6,500 listens on just uh, the Anchor and wow. iTunes uh, platforms. That's not including some of the SoundCloud and other things. So That's awesome. If we add that, that it's like close to 7,000 total listens so Very far. Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And so, if this is your sole exposure to what and who you think Americans are, we're the best ones of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sorry. We're so sorry. Uh, all right, let's go on to this week in music history trivia, guys. Got a good question here for you. This week in 1975... 
fans of this band riot in Boston after a ticket selling problem causing $75,000 worth of damage and cancellation of the concert at the Boston Garden. The band would never play that venue again. Uh, and that was a result of the mayor even getting involved. Was it A, Aerosmith, B, The Rolling Stones, or C, Led Zeppelin? And I'll give you a hint. I'll even show a picture of the fucking fans that broke into this venue <coughs> at midnight and trashed this place. <laughs> a picture of all the fans there. They all look like sweethearts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so what do you guys think? Dahlia, you first. What's your guess? <sighs> I gotta go first. Uh, Can you tell who it is just by the fans? It looks They look like <laughs> Rolling Stones fans to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, B, Rolling Stones. Okay, Rolling Stones. Carlos, what do you think? Um, that's... I'm so I'm being so biased right now just with the photograph. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I I think that's a safe bet is the Rolling Stones. Okay, uh, two for the Stones, George. What do you say? I'm just gonna say Zeppelin for the heck of it. Zeppelin for the heck of it. Well, for the heck of it wins. <laughs> and on this day, well, this week, January 6th, 1975, 2,000 Led Zeppelin fans trashed the Boston Garden. Yeah. <laughs> so they lined up outside the Boston Garden by tickets, but some in the crowd entered into the near-empty arena and caused thousands of dollars in damage. Uh, okay, so wow. Steve Rosenblatt, the ticket office manager, said, quote, For years and years, we had people line up overnight to wait for tickets, but we never had anything like this. Someone pried open the garden's locked doors around midnight, <laughs> and soon hundreds of beer-drinking, bottle-throwing Zeppelin fans had run of the Boston Garden. He said, quote, You couldn't have this kind of crowd running around untethered inside the building. So we decided to open the ticket windows. The near riot was calmed about 2.30 a.m., and then they began selling tickets about 6. By 6 a.m., all 9,000 seats were sold out. Wow. Uh, but here's the deal. Boston Mayor's Kevin H. White was pissed. He canceled the concert oh, that was scheduled for February no, 4th. No, no. And he also announced that oh. the band would not be allowed to perform in Boston <laughs> oh, for the next shit. five years. So Zeppelin would never Boston. perform there again because they skipped it on their 77 tour that uh, two years later. You fucked us in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Bonham died in 80, so that was the wow. end of that. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we got our new 10-second uh, trivia feature, guys. This is uh, we're playing a, a song clip here that is 10 seconds or less, and you have to identify who from the song clip, uh, whose birthday it is. Uh, don't always assume it's the lead singer. It could be any member of the band. And I'll give you a couple hints before I play the track. Uh, your hints are that this member of the band, uh, he was born this week. He played in a jug band before joining this band. And he lists Wes Montgomery, Albert King, and Larry Carlton among his influences on his style. So I will play the clip for you now. It's the Doors. Oh, is it? Not, is that not Lover Medley? Could be. I don't oh, know. I'm sorry. Could be. Did I jump the gun? No. You maybe, you know, identified the band there. So whose birthday is it that is in the doors? Come on, guys. 
What's your guess, Dahlia? Krieger? Okay. Robbie Krieger? Carlos, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to go for Jim. I don't know. Jim? Okay. Uh, George, what do you say? <sighs> Played in a jug band. Look at his influences. His influences are a hint. I agree with Dahlia. I, yeah, I don't think Jim Morrison. I, I read that book, No One Here Gets Out Alive. I'm a huge Doors fan. I don't Robbie recall him Krieger. ever being in a jug band. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hey! Robbie Krieger. I know my Doors. Uh, he is 74 Woo! on January 8th this week, and he wrote that song, Love for Madly. Yes, he uh, he co-wrote a lot of this, uh, Light My Fire, Love Me Two Times, and all that stuff. So He looks good. Look at him. That's a pretty recent photo good. I found. I'm like, yeah, he's fucking kicking ass still. badass yeah, guitar. Right. Like SG still. Yes. Sadly, we lost Ray. Yeah, a few years ago, that was that. I cried <laughs> when Ray died. And he was such a pivotal, or just the the heart and soul of that band. I thought. I don't oh know. yeah. Um, anyway, next up is movie birthday trivia, guys. We're gonna play a movie clip here, ten seconds or less, and you have to identify from this clip whose birthday it is. It could be any voice you hear on the quote. You'll have two hints for each clip. Uh, so your hint for this uh, celebrity birthday or actor birthday. His son is the lead singer of a black metal band named Arch Anubis. And your second hit is that he was bailed out of a New Orleans jail in 2005 by Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so those are your hints. I will play you the quote here of this uh, person's birthday. I really wish you'd come home with me. You're so cute. And I'm really good in bed, too, believe me. And you smell great, and you look great, and your hair's great. No? Okay. Look, I gotta wake up early in the morning. Um, I have to go. Thank you. Maybe you shouldn't drink so much. Maybe I shouldn't breathe so much, Terry. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> that is your quote. Who is it, guys? But Sadly, it's not familiar. I no? have no idea. Uh, I, I know that movie. Um, that's Nick Cage. Absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> well done. That's one of my faves. Yeah, that was Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. And uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage turned fifty-six. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't breathe so much. <laughs> <laughs> turned fifty-six on December seventh. Happy oh, birthday! Happy man. birthday, indeed. Uh, all right, so some movie TV entertainment news. Uh, Golden Globes were on this past Sunday night. Some of the big winners. Um, Joker won uh, pretty big. Joaquin Phoenix won for Best Actor uh, for Joker. And then Once Upon a, a Time in Hollywood emerged one of the big winners as well with Best Director and Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and Best Picture and Supporting Actor, respectively. But Joker performed well as well, bringing home uh, the Best Actor award. I think it was also the... Um, they won for um, soundtrack or uh, original score uh, for Joker as well. Uh, there's some of the winners. Best Director, Sam Mendes, 1917. That one I heard was pretty cool because he did a continuous shot for most of the movie. I right. think it was like... That's, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I heard that was the yeah. kind of a cool selling point. Some trailers on, on YouTube. It looks pretty impressive. It's a, yeah. it's a remake of, uh, of an old movie, and I'd like to check it out. I'm sure it's pretty cool. So there you go. There's some of the winners. Did you hear this? That Netflix is thinking about bringing a mobile-only plan for two ninety nine. Would that interest you guys or no? Yes. As a consumer, yeah. Sign me no? up now. Mobile only for two ninety nine. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, would you be kind of forced to watch on tablets? And that's exactly how I watch my movies. Is on my yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so two ninety nine sounds pretty reasonable, right? Yeah. Apparently, it's uh, happening already in Malaysia, but it's not. <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> so it's in Malaysia. <laughs> okay. Well. I'll just wait patiently. Good luck, Malaysians. <laughs> <laughs> they're, tr- they're testing it out over there. It's like they get those weird Whopper sandwiches yeah, like in like, Malaysia only with oh, like a black bun or something. Only right. available in Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> with some jackfruits. Oh, man. Adam Sandler's Twitter was hacked, and he and they put a bunch of racist shit out on his Twitter. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, so they Twitter had to respond, and the CEO was like, Uh-oh. Oh shit! Uh, they resolved the issue and Not stuff. Not the but, Sandman. Yeah. Oh. Have you guys seen the trailer for that Uncut Gems? That one, the new one that he's in. Uh, yeah, I I've have. seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good. It does. I don't know. I haven't seen it, it myself, but uh, it's one of those movies I want to check out. Right. This is a pretty funny quote. Uh, Brad Pitt's doing the um, press tour for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right now, and he was asked some stuff about Quentin Tarantino, and he said this funny thing. He said. Uh, <laughs> he said a, fu- a couple funny things. He said, "Quote: Quentin grew up in a sad, desolate part of Torrance, known as Torrance." <laughs> and then he said, "He's very verbose. He's the only guy I know who needs cocaine to stop talking." Oh wow! <laughs> I could kind of see that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well played, Brad Pitt. Right. Uh, that one's a good one too. Have you guys seen that one yet? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, the new one with uh, from Quentin Tarantino. I have no. not. Hasn't. We gotta check it out. I got it here, so we gotta watch it sometime. If it's not on Netflix, I don't see. Yeah, it. not on Netflix yet. Um. Yar, you hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What a date become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! Alright, well, they're saying that flu season could be one of the worst in decades. Are you guys, have you guys got the flu this I season have, yet? I have not. No, but I not had a shot. Wood, right? Oh, yeah. I've been uh, dodging bullets. And... Yeah, they're saying it's supposedly going to be as severe as the 2017 2018, which was the deadliest in more than four decades. Wow. There's been a sharp rise in flu cases, hospitalizations, and stuff. And they say it's also the steep increase could reverse itself, though, and the season wouldn't be, it could be the opposite. Yeah. But they're just saying to be aware. What's your take on that? I don't know. I've been, this dude at my work, uh, he's fucking sick as a dog. And he's been sick for like a month almost, it seems like, you know? 
And it seems like it could be something like this. And yeah. I'm like, damn, man, that scares me, you know. But he's got two kids. His wife works in a hospital. Yeah. So he's around a lot of stuff like that. Maybe like a, more so than the average person. Right. But I don't know. I, I never get a flu shot. Yeah, same here. So I don't know. I always just try and build up my immune system and just kind of do natural stuff. Like yeah. This, drink orange juice and shit. Likewise. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they kind of do this to scare people. I agree with flight. that. Yeah. Getting a flu shot, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be yeah. fucking bad. But then they, they, they throw that curveball at it. Oh, it could be the exact opposite. Well, you know, they they um, publish all of these numbers, you know what I mean? And they, I think it's just kind of a, a fear tactic. You yep. know, here's what you're going to get oh, if you, you don't go. Oh, you better go to Walgreens. Right. You know, you know, and get that flu shot, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, the firefighters from California are heading to Australia to help battle those fires, so... They, uh, 20 California firefighters, uh, I think there was going to be more. I, I grabbed this story from earlier in the week, but, um, yeah, they're going over there. And as I was saying, a lot of uh, comedians and artists and musicians are raising a lot of money uh, for Australia. So That's good cause. Got, yeah, if you guys want to donate folks, somewhere indeed. this year, that's where it could really be used. Yeah, um, right. Definitely. Uh, look at this. Finland supposedly is going to introduce a four-day work week and six-hour days. Now huh. that it's 2020, they passed this work week law. The Finland's prime minister, she's saying that allowing more workers to spend more time with family and enjoy their lives, culture, and hobbies has <laughs> uh, a reason for the change. Live life, you mean? Right? <laughs> Until now, the work week in Finland was five days a week, eight hours a day. That's basically what, what it is here, right? I mean... Yeah, uh, in America, but Sweden w underwent a similar trial in 2015 and found that working only six hours a day actually increased productivity. Yeah. In November, Microsoft Japan introduced a three-day weekend for employees, and produ productivity went up by almost 40 percent. Yeah. So I think it's like you know maybe on those Mondays or days where people don't want to be there, that if you kind of give it to them as an off day, when they're back on Tuesday, they're like, yeah. you know, hey. I'm ready to go. Different yeah. head. Or that you're tired and you're upset and you're not as productive as you could be because, <laughs> because. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a, a different headspace at that. You know, when, with that extra day. Right. And if you're a happy employee, then you know, then you're going to do better work. I think. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Uh, check this out. They released the list be best places uh, to retire abroad. Look at the best countries. Apparently, number one is Portugal. Panama, number two, Costa Rica, three, Mexico, four, Colombia, five, Ecuador, Malaysia, Spain, France, and Vietnam rounding out the top ten. Huh. Any of those places? I don't know. I was like, kind of like, huh? I really didn't. I'm like, who the fuck wants to go to Colombia, <laughs> Get killed by a fucking drug lord? No offense to my Colombian <laughs> listeners, Colombian. But dude. <laughs> oh, wait. If it's Portugal, would, would that include the there. Azores? There's Malaysia. It would, that yes. Would that would be that would be a nice place to yeah, retire. Yeah, and that's where like Dahlia's family's from, so that would yeah. be kind of cool to like go there. And we've always thought about that. And apparently, it's uh, apparently they based it on countries getting high marks for quality healthcare, mm. a reasonable cost of living, and the ease in which you can fit into life there. And just um, flat out retire. Yeah, so, they so say a couple could live a good life in Portugal on twenty two hundred dollars a month, a retirement couple. Uh huh. So well, that's you know. I guess they kind of all you ran the numbers and stuff for healthcare, climate, and all that shit, and those are the ones that came out on top. So. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy corner this week. Have you heard about this? Facebook is banning these deep fake videos. Oh yeah. Have you heard of deep fake videos? Yes. They're, they're apparently they're fake videos that look real, and they're being created using artificial intelligence or machine learning. 
and it makes like your face like say things or do something like it could be like putting your face on somebody shooting a gun and killing someone and saying oh my god this guy did this crime or something right right and so the question was asked about facebook if they're going to ban these because facebook controversially allows lies and political ads so people were like well these deep fake videos could be you know um saying lies and is facebook going to allow it so the deep fake issue is that the latest Facebook and other social media have had to address in trying to stop the spread of misinformation while restricting free speech and avoiding censorship allegations. <clears throat> right. So they're trying to walk that tightrope, tight and I don't know if they're going to really be able to. I'd, I'd much rather just ban them altogether. Yeah, of, it just causes more, exactly. um, it, you know, com- convoluting a lot of... Um, you don't know what's real. And for, yeah. like, the casual person or somebody who's out of the loop or an <laughs> right. older person like my dad or my mom, right. they could be fooled by that shit Absolutely. And be like, oh my god, did you see that video of Barack well, Obama, you know, strangling that man? It's and intended like, <laughs> to be, you know what I mean, like, um, look exactly how it is, you know, so it could be right. very confusing. Yep. Um, also... This was an interesting point. If you guys are writing checks and shit for 2020 now, they say to actually write out 2020 because right, if you date right. a check like 115-20, you uh, somebody committing fraud could put 2019, 2022. They could post date it, predate it, use it how they like yeah, after the after the fact two zeros or yeah. the um, yeah. It's something we had, haven't had to worry about. No, uh, I don't think for this is the first 2020. Ever. For quite some time. Yeah. For that. We've never had a straight up decade like that, I don't think, in our lifetime. Yes. You know? It's always been 18 or 19, uh, right? And then now we're in the the 2020s after the first 2000 parts. So anyway. Back in the 1900s. <laughs> yeah, in the 1920s. Yeah. When they were writing fucking <laughs> checks, I guess. President I don't think Nixon. They had, did they have checks? They had checks in the born. 20s, did they? They um, had checks that far back? I I'm talking right? about the 1999s. <laughs> oh yeah, right. 1900s. <laughs> Dude, did you hear this? Lori Laughlin has hired a prison coach that's taught her fucking karate and how to fight people in prison. Uh oh. Yeah, and they they're saying that this is a really bad idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, experts say this is, this move is really bad. Apparently, this prison coach is going to teach her martial arts so she can defend herself, and she's facing 40 years in behind, prison. Yeah, she's facing 40 years um, behind bars. So that's why she wants the coaching. Oh. So prison consultant John Fuller says, though, uh-huh. whoever gave her that advice was clearly the worst advice she'd received. She says, quote, <laughs> if she thinks she's going to go in there and bully other inmates or actually defend herself, she's wrong because prisoners will deliberately target her. Instead, she said she should follow fellow celebrity Martha Stewart's footsteps, where she actually served five months behind bars in 2004, if you remember, for all those lying federal agents and all right. that shit, insider yeah. trading. Martha. She made friends, and she even visited them after she was released. So she She's kind of, a sweetheart. Yeah. She probably cooked for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made him some sure, prison sure. Bruno. <laughs> some Martha Stewart prison Bruno. She made the mash. <laughs> oh, shit. You guys are crazy. Dude, look at this crazy ass dude. This <coughs> high school teacher admitted oh, to defecating right. in a Wisconsin public park several times a day for two years. Oh, man. This guy, Jeffrey Churchwell, is a retiring <laughs> high school teacher, and he recently admitted to pooping outside and on a building at Natureland Park in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Oh, God. He plans to retire from Milton High School, and he told authorities they're saying uh, defecating on the building several times each day <laughs> since 2017. He says, quote, because of the convenience 
and because he wished to be disrespectful. (laughs) Authorities caught him back in October, and now he has to pay $365 in fines plus $5,000 in restitution to the works department. Which was tasked with cleaning up. Good. He said he doesn't want to be disrespectful, but he obviously gave a shit. No, he said. <laughs> Good one. Good oh, three years. Hold on. There, here. There's, there's one. That's fantastic. Check this out. A manatee-shaped chicken tender is on sale for five thousand dollars on Facebook. <laughs> Do you think it looks like a manatee? Um, kind of does. I guess everything is subject to <laughs> you know perspective. <laughs> There's a picture of it yeah, right I, there. I see oh. what they're seeing. It's on the napkin. I get it. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see it as well. She says it so must be seen in person to appreciate. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, People right. just are driving it up. Huh? Good her, for her. Her post has been viewed over fifty-eight hundred times. Good. Uh, good on a you. Lot of on people your, in the market, in on your, market for a nugget. On your nuggy. <laughs> nuggy. <laughs> your chicky nuggy. Chicky nuggies. <laughs> Do you guys still drink milk? I drink milk on my cereal, um, but apparently one of the biggest milk producers in the U.S. is going bankrupt. Dairy giant Borden filed for bankruptcy this week. Wow. Citing falling demand for milk, rising costs for raw milk, and debt and pension obligations. They were, they were the one of the first American ones. They went all the way back to 1857. They did Damn. the first condensed milk. That's a lot of milk. Yeah, right? Um, did they ever come out with any blue milk? Aunt Baru's good old-fashioned... That Luke could uh, maybe drink. Luke's own. Tatooine punch. <laughs> Tatooine punch. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next trend. Mos Eisley punch. How about that one? <laughs> oh, shit. All right, that's it for us this week, guys. Follow us on Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast and, of course, always at thegaragerockshow.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. Take care. Peace out. All righty. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.